Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the best fantasy tools in all in the entire internet. I'm just going to say the full domestic internet that is local to the earth, because I just don't know if there's other internets out there that might have better fantasy basketball tools, but the, the accessible internet, not the dark web, but the regular internet, hashtag basketball.com, the best fantasy tools on the regular internet. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, it's a great day. Is it? Is it a great day? Well, I don't know. There's talk of dark webbing and all all kinds of craziness around so maybe not perhaps ever, it's not you ever go check out the dark web uh, i don't even understand what the dark web is i'm not gonna lie to you uh, it's real messed up i'll tell you that you could you could literally buy anything you could buy uh boa constrictors you can buy any drugs any any amount of drugs you want it's crazy this is not something i know about michael well, you st- Tyler, you stay off the dark web. You leave that to the professionals. Uh, but Tyler, you you are a professional uh, because occasionally someone gives you money to write about basketball. So we're going to talk about all the um, buy lows here for week three. And um, Tyler, you've put up you've put together a really nice nice list here. Uh, well, I don't know how nice it is, but it is a list of, of folks, and you know what? Some of them I'm pretty excited about buying, and other ones I'm a little lukewarm on buying, but a lot of that has to do with their situation, and we'll get to that. That's fair. Um, the uh, I think it's hard to put together a buy low, I'd say, every single week because some of these guys, they come and go. Some of these guys... They look, they're too obvious. Like, oh, of course that guy's a buy low. He's not performing very well. And I'll, I'll start with one of those guys who's kind of obvious who's not performing well. CJ McCall. Uh, definitely off to a slow start. I think we were both pretty lukewarm on CJ McCollum coming in to the season. And uh, currently per game, he is ranked 134th, shooting under 40%. Uh, not a good start for CJ McCollum, but definitely a a uh, b- below average slow start for someone who is usually in that top sixty. Yeah, playing a few less minutes, which you don't love to see. And Portland got a little deeper this year. They're willing to play guys like Stauskas and Seth Curry and Evan Turner off the bench, um, which in the past they they haven't done or they just haven't had those players. Um, so that that's a bit concerning. He's not getting his normal assists that he gets, and he's also not getting any steals. But he's only played six games. You mentioned the shooting's poor. Um, I think CJ McCollum's going to be fine. Now, the thing you can't do is you can't look at the 2016-2017 season and think that no. stuff's coming back. You he gotta, shot 48% that season and 91% from the line with the most free throws he's ever taken. Uh, he was playing out of his mind that year, and uh, that's that's not coming back. I, I think he's much, much closer to what he did last year. Yeah, you know, and, and maybe you kind of split the difference between last year and 
2016, which the, the numbers are very similar in those two years. And um, yeah, so he's going to give you, you know, the rebounds are probably going to be three and a half to four. He's going to give you three and a half to four assists. He's going to give you like a steal. He's going to give you probably 0.3 blocks. He's going to give you like 20, 21 points. You know, all that stuff is very valuable. So if you can buy this guy low, someone's getting a little worried about his poor shooting or his lack of steals and assists. I mean, that's definitely worth doing. The yeah. hard thing here is he's kind of an established player. So most people are going to assume that he's going back. So where I would sell him is, oh, he's playing less minutes this year. So maybe that's a trend that scares people off because we talk about how minutes can be the most important thing in fantasy. So that's probably if I'm trying to trade for McCollum, um, I'd be pitching him at a little bit lower price and say, hey, well, he's not playing quite as many minutes this year. Um, no guarantee that gets back up. Yeah, I'm I'm a definite buy low here because I do think he just reverts to the mean. But also there's uh, this this rumor floating around that perhaps D- Damian Lillard will be moving out of Portland or perhaps CJ McCollum will be moving out of Portland. And I think uh, either way that improves CJ McCollum's uh, situation. I don't think, I don't think they would move him to a team where he's coming off the bench. Cause I think CJ McCollum's too good to come off the bench. Um, he's going to get that percentage back to, you know, 43, maybe even 44%. I'm not going to say he's going to be much higher than uh, 44%. But I I will say that the things that made him good, it's kind of like a poor man's Bradley Beal. You know, the assists and rebounds, or yeah, the assists and rebounds have to be there for in order for him to have top 50 value. But the rest of the league is now doing more things that CJ McCollum used to be known for, like hit threes and score points. That used to be, you know, what he was the the best at, and that's not as rare of an ability anymore. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be trying to sell someone or trade someone who's like a top fifty player for CJ McCollum because I don't think CJ McCollum is a top fifty player anymore. I kind of said that going into the season that I I, I don't I didn't have him in my top fifty. Uh, a couple people out on the internet were uh, pretty offended by that, and you know I, I say to them. Uh, Good luck, because you're wrong. See, well, and to to get those, you know, top fifty numbers, you kind of have to be either really good in every category. You have to be elite in a couple categories, and I think you hit the nail on the head that McCollum's just not really elite anywhere. I mean, he gives you 21 points. That's as close as to elite category. But other than that, I mean, he's just okay, or maybe even a little below average in some categories. So. Um, yeah, I'm with you. CJ McCollum's probably not a top 50 player, but he is in that, you know, 51 to 70 range. Like he's firmly in that group, I think. Yeah, he's in that next tier. And that's, you know, if there's a guy in that tier that you don't particularly like or think he's injury prone or just really just you need someone like CJ McCollum on your team, then that's the range I would be targeting to buy low. Uh, and if you can go lower, go lower on CJ McCollum. Yeah, here's the the kind of guy I'd be looking to move, right? So probably if I'm buying McCollum, I might need threes and points, and so I'm probably going to give up a big man to get McCollum, and hopefully, you know, the other team needs a big man, and that kind of swap works, and I can give one of those big men that was kind of in the clump, the uh, Stephen Adams, that that kind of range for uh, McCollum. Yes, Stephen Adams might be a 
uh, a decent buy low candidate as well. Um, he has been, I mean, he's very, very good uh, at points and rebounds, but his free throws, um, they're always going to bring him down, but he's been shooting six a game, and I, that's that's definitely above his normal average. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was shooting 6%. I was going to be like, man. He's, 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 he's going three for six every night, and that, that will finish you pretty much. Yeah, and the thing that makes Adams a little tougher to own to is he's he's a like he gives you a steal and a block which is nice but he doesn't give you uh, elite blocks or elite steals. Yeah. Um and so couple in the bad percentage and the not over 10 boards. I mean he gives you 9. He gave you 9 last year, which is good. It's real good. That's elite in that category, but at the same time like I don't know. He, I just always have trouble pulling the trigger on on choosing Steven Adams. Let's talk about this next guy who uh, I think we both were kind of on as a guy who's ready to come uh, to, to make his appearance in the top 100 for the first time, uh, at least in the top 100. Um, yeah, per game. He didn't make it for totals or per game. This is Rondé Hollis Jefferson for your Brooklyn Nets. Um, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets basketball team mysteriously got better and now that Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is healthy and that team is fully healthy unlike last year uh he's only seeing 20 minutes a game now he's coming off an injury so like I feel like those minutes will start to move a little bit closer to 26 to 28 minutes he's also going to play better when he's playing those consistent minutes but there's a little bit more there's more mouths to feed on this team than there were last year uh, but he, he's a he's a really nice fantasy uh, prospect because he is a guy who can get you that block and steal per game. So here's what I'll say about Hollis Jefferson. He played 27 minutes in the last game. I think purposely they were uh, limiting his minutes to around 20 to uh, just kind of bring him back slow from that injury. I, I believe he missed the entire preseason. So – the numbers are all very depressed right now. He's shooting 39% from the field. He's a career 45% shooter. Um, he's shooting 50% from the line. He's a clear career 76% free throw shooter. He's not going to give you threes. He's probably not really even going to take that many threes, and he's not really going to hit any threes. So obviously that's something you got to watch out for. But he should give you good rebounds, some decent assists. You mentioned that the steal and the block. And I wouldn't be surprised if he can give you 12 to 14 points a game. I think the 28 minutes he played last year is pretty safe. So I, I'm a big fan of Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. I think he's easily a top 100 player if he's playing that 27, 28 minutes. And I don't see any reason why Brooklyn doesn't give it to him because you mentioned they maybe got better, but at, as far as forwards go, like who should they really be giving minutes to over Ronnie Hollis Jefferson? Yeah, he's kind of got that position locked up, and, and, and you're right, that slow start is really due to that injury, and it can, will probably continue to be a slow start. Uh, a lot of people coming back from injury often take, you know, a half a month to get back into the swing of things, and I feel like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is feeling like one of those types of players. Uh, would Definitely, if he's on your waiver wire, he should be, I, I think he should be hanging out at the end of your bench. 
Well, and here's the other thing too. I think, I mean, I've seen him get dropped in some leagues, which means, you know, this is a situation too, where you might be able to take your absolute lowest player. your your playing. You are probably going to drop later this week to stream somebody else in and offer him for Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. And especially if that player is playing relatively well, um, that Ronnie Hollis Jefferson owner might bite on that. Or maybe you take your second to last player, the guy, someone you were going to hold, but you're not really feeling too great about being a top 100 player. You could probably trade him for Ronda Hollis Jefferson right now. Um, there's a lot of people owning RHJ who are very panicked. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I I like his versatility. He's definitely not someone who's going to, you know, break into like the top 50, top 60. I don't feel like he's that type of player. I just don't think he has that type of versatility, and the percentages hurt him a little bit, but. Other than that, like he's an ownable, he's an ownable player. He should be on, he should be on a roster if he's not. You should be, you should be looking to trade for him if, if the owner is tired of waiting for him to get healthy. Even though it's week three, I don't know why you're being impatient. It's week three, everybody. Yeah, and some people are just impatient in general. And I talk about this a lot. Right, patience is one of the best things to have in fantasy basketball because these guys all turn it around quickly and sometimes it takes a couple of weeks, but I mean, if Ron Ellis Jefferson started doing exactly what he did last year, would you really be surprised? No, not at all. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like we, we have this pie in the sky idea of him. Like we just want relatively the numbers he gave last year, which I think he can do again. And so, I mean, that's a top, that's a top player and with the ability to maybe even be a little bit better, especially if he gets, you know, a couple more minutes, which there's no guarantee on that, but it could happen. Yeah. When you're looking to buy low, uh, just kind of like, you know, let the, the vultures circle, like the guy who started out uh, three and, and uh, 15, like you should be looking to kind of go after that dude, because they're probably panicking. Now people who play more than a couple leagues or have been playing for years, no, that really you know, that doesn't. That's two bad weeks. To, doesn't mean anything because there are plenty of weeks to go. But it is a concern. You should be saying, "All right, well, why why am I losing? Is it because uh, my guys have been injured, or has it been because I played really good teams those first two weeks?" So you, you want to make sure if you're struggling right now, if you're, what's the real reason you're struggling? Is it because your team sucks? Because if it's because your team sucks, you might need to start moving some players around, yeah. figuring that out. But there's a good chance it's because you played some pretty decent teams or you just had some bad luck. Maybe you were almost in both of those uh, weeks, but you barely missed you know, most of the categories. Mike, why are you struggling in, in your own boring redraft league? I've, I'm not. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Tyler. I am not struggling. Uh, but also, I'm really focused on that dynasty league because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna s- sweep almost everybody in the dynasty league. Mike has like three wins in his own league, just just so everyone knows. He's yeah. like he's like three and well, it's, an a, it's an eight cat league, right? So you're three and and thirteen so far. Easier to make that up when in the eight cat league versus the nine cat league. <laughs> if it was a nine cat league, I would have the wins and the turnovers. I assume because my team has been <laughs> very injured, so. Like I said, I don't think my team is bad. I think there's some improvements that could be made. But if my team was healthy. Well, and um, it's it's worth mistake. mentioning, too, that it's a 16-team league. So you get injuries, especially to your top couple guys. The waiver wire is Nobody. very sparse. So um, I 
I made a stream because one of my guys was hurt and there's an IR spot in that. So I put the guy on IR and I picked someone up and the best player to stream for yesterday that I could find was Maxi Kleber for the Mavericks who got me a steal and two blocks, but pretty much absolutely nothing else. That's, I mean, that's great in a 16 team league. Yes, it was a good stream. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, he gave me like three rebounds. and I think he missed all four of his field goal attempts. So he gave me zero points. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to uh, figure this out next year. I think it's a you know obviously a little late now, but uh, sixteen team leagues probably the max. That's probably the biggest league we should be playing in. Uh, if we, we can get it closer to ten to twelve uh, next year and just do two leagues, that's probably the direction we'll go. Yeah, and you know if we we can do three leagues or whatever, and um, we could also too like maybe do a kind of tiered structure system where the guys who win. Uh, next year go into like all the winners go yeah, into that's a league a good idea. and and all the the middle tier guys go into a league and all the bottom tier guys go into a league and, and that may make it uh, more fun for everyone i like that idea tyler you are thinking ahead and that is why they pay you the big bucks um speaking of big but no there's nobody nobody on this list who play for the milwaukee bucks damn it that's gonna be a great segue <laughs> speaking of big time bucks <laughs> This guy is not on the Milwaukee Bucks, but he's on the Atlanta Hawks, which is close enough. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, who is just coming back from injury as well, has played four games and in um, just uh, limited minutes. You know, he's played uh, – well, one of the games he played 26 minutes. That's fine. He had 13 rebounds. But in limited minutes, he has been um, playing uh, as the per-game-valued 60th-ranked player in just 20 minutes per game uh, and that's just because he's been fairly efficient also two blocks a game doesn't hurt so Dwayne Dedman with John Collins out Dwayne Dedman was fantasy relevant last year why would he not be fantasy relevant this year yeah and you know some people have been letting me know that they're a little bit worried about Dedman because he's shooting 45 percent and he's only playing 20 minutes and he's only getting nine points and He's not really getting any steals and he's not really getting any assists. And to that, I say you're missing the point of Dwayne Dedman, which is he's really good in limited minutes and he's still getting you the nearly eight rebounds and he's blocking more shots than he's ever blocked right now. Um, Dwayne Dedman's probably a top 100 player and there's people panicking on Dedman, dropping Dedman. So, I mean, if Dedman's available in your waiver wire, I'd pick him up. And he's kind of the same situation as Ronald Hellas Jefferson. If you can trade one of your last two or three players on your roster to get Dwayne Dedman, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. he's If someone's got him on a team, they're just sitting him on the bench. They're not even like not even playing him if their roster's full. You got to go uh, hassle that guy. Be like, hey, man, I'll, I'll take Dedman off your hands. Uh, Dedman is going to be perfectly fine. Even when J- John Collins gets back. So, like, this could be a situation where – uh, while John Collins is out, Dwayne Dedman starts playing really well. Once he starts playing like 26, 30 minutes a game, he might turn into a sell high at that point. But um, you you better pick him up now before he becomes a sell high because when John Collins gets back, they're going to share those minutes. But even in that shared minutes, I think Dwayne Dedman is still a top 100 player. I'm with you there. All right. Who else is on this list, Tyler? We got uh, – Okay, we're going to save your boy for last, but we're going to quickly talk about Gordon Hayward. He's made the list twice, Tyler. Are we sure this guy's a buy low? 
yeah. or is he just low? Um, I'm pretty sure. So the thing is, they're still limiting the minutes. And people are freaking out about that. But I don't understand why, really. Because if you flip it to the per 36-minute numbers, they don't look that bad. I mean, he's getting 2.1 steals per 36 minutes, which isn't sustainable. Um, but he's getting you, you know, some still good rebounds. I think he's going to get some assists, especially on the Celtics team, once they iron out, kind of all playing with each other. Uh, the points may not be quite as high as we hoped. He may be closer to like 17, 18 points a game, but I still think he's going to give you like a steal. He's going to give you good assists. He's going to give you good rebounds. He's going to shoot a relatively good percentage once he gets back and healthy. So I'm not worried at all about Gordon Hayward, really. Um, and I think a lot of people are. And I've I've seen people, I've seen a couple of trades that people have offered me that said, you know, someone offered me and it's like barely a top 100 player and they get back Gordon Hayward. And I'm like, you got to do it, man. The vultures are circling, man. And, and the limited minutes, it, it, it's kind of weird because like, I don't know why people are missing that, that minutes number right there. He's playing 24 minutes a game. And in that twenty-four minutes a game, he's he's only shooting forty-two percent. But the other so stuff. like he's he's so he's shooting below his career average, and he's playing less minutes. Everything else looks fine. The other Celtics help it though, because like people are like, oh man, this Jason Tatum's team, this Kyrie Irving's team, you know, they got Al Horford, they got this guy, they got that guy. So Gordon Hayward, man, he's just gonna take a back seat. Like I think that narrative plays into it. They just have so many mouths to feed, and but Gordon Hayward's Gordon Hayward. Like Gordon Hayward's a really, really good player. Yeah, he's gonna be fine. It might take him half the season to get back. Even it might even take him till the All Star break to get back into form. But what if you got him hanging around for your playoffs and you and you traded him, uh, you bought low with a you know the ninetieth ranked player? Congratulations, because he's probably gonna be uh, Gordon Hayward's definitely gonna be a top fifty player by the end of the season. Yeah, so Gordon Hayward is someone definitely I'm looking to buy. All right, the last guy on this list in the uh, our top by what are the by lows by low? Yep, it's by low. I almost uh, screwed that up. Nick Batum, your boy, uh, a guy who's so inconsistent all the time. He's like a by low every three weeks. So the the weird part about this Hornets team is, what have the Hornets been doing? Like they're playing. I don't know. I haven't watched one game. They're playing all kinds of crazy rotationness with. Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Miles Bridges and this guy and that guy. So here's the goodness of Nick Batum. 34 minutes a game for Mr. Nick Batum. He's shooting relatively what he always shoots. He's just not getting the shot attempts. So you got to think that that shifts, right? That eventually Batum starts trying to score a little more. And if Batum takes the extra, you know, three, four attempts a game, we're talking about, 13 points for Batum. We're talking about a steal. We're talking about half a block. He's probably going to get that assist number back up to somewhere north of five, probably like five and a half. We're talking probably six rebounds in 34 minutes. That sounded like a real good player to me, and he's just not quite producing those stats yet. So I I see a lot of people panicking like, oh, Nick Batum scoring less than 10 points a game in 34 minutes. I got to get rid of him. I got to dump him. I got to dump him. Like – Man, Nick Batum's getting dropped in some leagues, man. If yeah. Nick Batum's on your waiver wire, like you got to pick up Nick Batum. I don't know, like if you haven't, if you've never owned Nick Batum before, this is the reaction every single year, every single season. 
people who've never owned Nick Batum before are like, what the hell did I pick this player for? He doesn't do anything. He gets eight, uh, tw- 11 points, 10 points. He's only getting like five rebounds. Like, wh- what's going on? He's shooting a 41%. It's like, yeah, but like when you combine 12 points with five assists and five rebounds and a steal and a half block and 1.5 three-pointers, you have yourself a guy who consistently – boringly but consistently contributes to your overall cat totals every single game when he is healthy and sometimes that's the last that's usually the the straw that breaks the camel's back is okay i've been dealing with this up and down nick batum crap and then he got hurt i'm done and that's when the nick batum drops start happening it happens every year this is the story of nick batum in order to own nick batum you have to have patience and so those numbers, those those counting stats that he gets, uh, they're they're boring, but they're going to add up. Yeah, and you know, some people say, "Oh, Batum's past it now too," because I mean, this is his age thirty season. He's not quite thirty yet. He turns thirty in December. Um, I just think he's Nick Batum, man. I think he's just the same player that we've known and loved for the last what decade. Um. Yeah, so I'm gonna buy low on Batum. If I could buy low, especially anyone like outside the top 100, I feel like that's a real good buy. Um, if I have to come inside the top 100 a little bit, I'll probably still do that. Just yeah, that's like, fine. Like Batum's gonna be Batum at the end of the season. Yeah, and we we talked up uh, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson earlier. Nick Batum's a better Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. Oh, no doubt about that. Like that's who Ronnie Hollis Jefferson wants to be. Good luck. Um, I think that's it. So yeah. That's a, a pretty solid list. Obviously, uh, Gordon Hayward in the minutes restriction. CJ McCollum off to a slow start. Ronda Hollis Jefferson, Nick Batum, uh, basically twins at this point. And then uh, also the coming up the injury, Dwayne Dedman. Uh, those are the top five vibe lows for week three. Tyler, uh, are, you got anything to plug? Um, so obviously you can find my weekly streaming piece on hashtag basketball.com. Um... That, that works. It goes throughout the whole week, so you guys can go to the hashtag basketball fancy page and find it. Um, it shouldn't be too hard. Uh, Robert Covington's rolling today on the uh, headline of the piece because it talks a lot about Covington and how ESPN messed up his value. And then, um, obviously, for the Smoking Cuban, I am doing a piece about how Luka Doncic is already the best scorer on the Dallas Mavericks. Those are all things you should go check out. And the easiest way to figure that out is to follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. That is W-A-T-T-S. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes. Hit us up on Twitter with feedback for the show, stuff you want to hear. Uh, or if you got questions about your team, uh, we're always willing to reach out to our listeners. And for all you Patreon subscribers out there, Shout out to you, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. I hope uh, if you enjoy the show, you will go check that out and become a subscriber and get access to exclusive content. Uh, We'll be back soon with more content. Have a good one.